morning. May we all stand for uh, a prayer in reverence to the Word of God. <clears throat> we give the thanks, O Lord, o Lord our God, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for another day, another Sunday to open our hearts and our mind to listen to your word freely and that we are not uh, questioned as to why we read your word. Again, please open our hearts and mind, cleanse us, Lord, for any hindrances that will block the understanding of, of your study, of your word. I pray that um, it will be, Lord, for the benefit of everyone as we listen. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, um, we studied or we, we went through scriptures regarding the plan of God and, um, and the word of God as it continues on no matter what. Last week the title was uh, Endurance. And this week as we look into a macro or a micro level will have more endurance needed and required because as we will be talking about families and relationships. This could be sensitive, but um, I'm not expecting, or maybe I should expect some tomatoes coming over and flying in my face right now. But the Word of God is the Word of God. There's nothing I can do with it. We read the Isaiah 40, 6-8, which I did not put it anymore in the screen. But basically, it says, a voice says, cry out, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? And all their glory is like, um, oh sorry, all men are like grass, all of us. And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. We are like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Because the, breath of the, the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God stands forever. We're born. We're so cute when we were born. We grow up. Become so beautiful and good looking. Because the Lord is there to blow us and you know, for us to be blooming and everything else. But then at some point in life, you become like a grass that withers and dry up, and that's it. But the Word of God stays forever. Nobody can stop that. Even our age, even our beauty, even our purpose, the Word of God will stay forever. In a macro level last week, we discussed something like 
the government's response in the Word of God. The individuals, you know, in general, what, is the, what are the responses of the Word of God? And they all rejected the Word of God. But at the end, it continued on. The Word of God was persecuted. The people leading the Word of God, preaching and teaching, uh, the governments that led before and now being attacked, the same way. They, they passed away. They, they died on, unto it. But the Word of God continues until now. The more you persecute the Word of God, the more it comes back with a kick, as they say. Because the Word of God is the Word of God. Now we look at it in the micro level. As I said last week, one of the challenges that I had is a question from my, from my children, especially from my daughter, regarding a, the unfairness at times of, in the Scripture as what it is interpreted Regarding, you know, um, why is it that man is always the leading one and then the woman is not? And that, uh, why is it that, you know, the, the word of God is only focused on men but not in women? And uh, as I said, that's why I might be in trouble today. But if you look at deep into the scripture, in the scripture, it's not. You will see how balanced the word of God is. And how fair God is to everyone. We start by reading. Again, we go back to God's plan. What is God's plan again? Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to what? Prosper. Plan to not harm you. Plan to give you hope. And a future. Simple, direct, sweet. What's the other plan of God? Timothy. This is good and pleases pleases God our Savior. Who wants all people to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Those are the two major plans that I know um, um, God has for us. For us to be saved and for us to have a good good future and good life. Simple. But is it easy? No. Now, in this case, last week we discussed about man's uh, response. In today's case, we will look at man's should-be response. Okay? What is man's should-be response in a micro level? Okay? Both husband and wife will take out that word, maybe we'll put it a man and a woman in general. What does it say in Ephesians 5.21? We will look at actually the almost in five, in Ephesians 5, we will look at about Nine or a ten um, gospel, like gospel lines. Okay, the scripture. Starting 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That is actually the simplest request that Christ has told us. Submit. Out of reverence for Christ. To one another. Okay? Because the next verses you will see 
that it will be divided into the wife, or the, the woman, and the husband, the man. So he will be more specific. But he started with the word to one another. But in reverence for Christ. Not just as simple as submit. No. Next scripture. Ephesians 5.22. Now we start. Wives, submit to your husbands as as, um, submit to one another out of, again, reverence for Christ. So, what, what does it mean about submission? In 23, verse 23, what does it say? For the husband is the head of the, the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, for Christ, or for the husband, is the head. Uh, usually there is a, a joke, as far as this one is concerned, that the husband is the head, but the wife is the neck that controls the head. The head will not move without the neck. And that's often true, right? I, I think my wife is listening right now. But, but as the scripture is saying, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, meaning Christ's body is the church, of which he is the Savior. And in verse 24, what does it say? Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also is the wife, or also wives, should submit to the husbands in, in everything. Now, let's not start the everything. Um, there is some explanation into this one. When the husband leads the house, in a proper and Christian way, I would say, yes, you may submit. But if he is not doing so, as what Christ has done for the church, then that is questionable. If the husband, okay, will lead the family into catastrophe, will she still submit? No. Um, one of the key words in this scripture is the word submit. You, are, you will be discovering that submission is not the same as obedience. Nor does Paul does not teach chain of command like some have insisted. The Greek verb hupotasomai, used in verse 21, we read earlier, is used in a reflexive sense. To subject oneself. To be subjected or subordinated. Obey. But hupotasomai, okay, 
is a compound of two words. Hupo, under, from which we get the word hypodermic, under the skin. Taso is to place, to station, to place in a certain order. Basically, Paul is saying, subject yourself. Rather than teaching role, uh, obedience in, in action and word, Paul is teaching voluntary, voluntary placement of oneself under another. Out of, don't take that please away, out of reverence for Christ. That's always the basis. Out of reverence for Christ. While this often involves obedience, this is not quite the same as obedience. Like, we have to think. Women also were given the brain, okay, to think. And the heart to sense if there's something right or wrong. In creation, God created women and he was take, she was taken from where? side rib. Not from the head for the man to be stepped on. Not from the foot so that the man will step on her but on the side to be on her sorry, on his side. And, And it's so important to understand that that we should be together as one. To subordinate oneself to voluntarily place again oneself under another's authority. It should be voluntary. This is much different than the unquestion, unquestioningly obey or to obey only grudgingly. And it's like, okay, I'm going to follow you. But in your heart, you don't want to do it because you know there's danger coming true. It is important to note that submission has nothing to do with the inherent worth of value of an individual. Paul teaches equal value and standing before God. I'm going to repeat that. It is important to note that submission has nothing to do with the inherent worth or value of an individual. You're a man or a woman. In the eyes of God... We are the same. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Galatians 3.28 Peter teaches on one hand that wives and husbands are what? Anybody? Joint heirs of the grace of Life, First Peter 3, 7. But to teach that equal value means equal authority is also foolish and leads to anarchy. Even in the most egalitarian of societies, we have authority relationship that must be honored to promote good order. Responsibilities. In the house created by God, 
there are certain rules and responsibilities. Who takes the garbage, who washes the dishes, who cooks the food, who cleans the house, who takes care of the kids. It's a division of labor. Am I right? I hope so. So, God's creation of the home per se, when there is a husband and a wife, okay, should be in collaboration. I cannot use the word cooperation because there's a big difference. When you collaborate, you understand each other, you put, like you give inputs and you're equally understanding what it is. The principles that Paul teaches here have a validity uh, for, you know, for the past 2,000 years until now. It's still valid. It did not change. Headship. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. The reason given for a wife to submit to her her husband is that he is the head of the church, head of Head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. Okay, fine. Those who teach chain of command from headship equate head with boss. Right? In the office, we know that we we have to follow the boss as to what he wants us to do. But then if the boss wants us to cheat, let's say people working in accounting to cheat on taxes, are we to follow that boss? Paul uses the Greek noun kepale, head, in a number of ways. Well, number one, the head should be the origin, should be an origin, like Christ. Christ is the beginning and the end, and all creation finds it right to place in him. He is the head. A head should be the source. The creator. And he is. And the head should be the sustainer. He sustains. And he has given us a sustenance. The head should be the source of growth. Is he the source of growth for you? In terms of spiritual. And you know what? Even the scripture can give you growth in terms of your physical body. You know, people go to the gym to build their muscles and everything like that. The Bible can teach you that as well. What kind of food that you you can eat. You know, what exercises can you do. There's so many things. God in the scripture did not teach us to sit down in front of a computer and play games. It's not written. God is saying you get out and work it out. My children will hate me for this. A head is also first in rank. He's always first in rank. He will always be the first in rank. And Christ is always going to be the first in rank with us being a Christian. And the head will always be the ruler. The headmaster. And this is who he is. Jesus Christ. Now, we go to 
the next scriptures. Now we go to husbands. Husbands, wake up. That includes me. Don't forget that. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Did you hear that? Did you read it? Did you listen to it? Again, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, for those who are still single and for those who are still looking for a partner, for those who are still in the stage of courting a girl, this is a good start. Because basically, it's teaching how to respect a woman from this point on. That's been forgotten in the new society. I see students after graduation or after you know school ends would be standing by in the mall. Okay, Fairview Shopping Mall is one good example. Or could Vertu, you know, Plus Vertu, they're going with friends. Boyfriend, girlfriend, and I am totally sometimes shocked as to what I see. The question I always have in my head and in my mind is, does the parent, does the parent know? Does, do, do this guy having a girlfriend have come to a point where he, did he go to at least tell the parents that I'm dating your daughter? Into the mall, for, you know, in the mall and... and but this is a good start. And I, I, I will show you later. 26, verse 26. To make her what? Holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Don't take out the word through the word, okay? Please. Some people will just stop and say, oh, cleansing her by washing with water. Through the word. You need to be guided by the word to have a cleansing spirit for your wife, for your partner, for any woman at all. Okay? Next. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. If the woman is treated this way, how can you not agree on submitting to your husband? Right? If, you <laughs> if the woman is treated this way by the husband, making her, you know, uh, radiant, no stain, no wrinkle, um, you know, no blemish. Wow. I'm pretty sure women will always submit to us men. But, again. 28 to 29. In the same way, this is the one thing. If you look at the scripture in Ephesians, there's so many long instructions for men than the women. 
You'll notice that. There's only, I think, one or two or three verses. But for men, there's about five of them or six of them. Okay, 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Especially those who are going to the gym. Man, they build themselves up. But then the wife is in the house and... He who loves his wife loves himself. There's a spelling there. Because I, I, I typed this in manually, so I'm sorry. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. Right, man? We want to eat. We want to drink. Uh, we want to sleep. Yes. We want to, we want to, what, what man, what, what do we want more? We want to bike. We want to sometimes be by ourselves. We want to wa- be a, a couch potato at times, or maybe most of the time. You know, having to own the control. This is my control. This is my box. And this is where my box is. And I press on and sit down and that's it. We want it to be treated as a king in our home. When we drive our own car, we want to be the king of the road. Why don't we treat women the way we treat our bodies? That is the commandment of God for us to do. A lot of men are selfish, self-absorbed, and immature. Jesus calls us to grow up. Just as Christ humbled himself before his disciples and washed their feet. So husbands also must humble themselves before their wives and family. Okay, Not only to the wife, but for, to the family in order to serve them unselfishly. At the last supper, a dispute arose among men, among men, among the disciples, uh, as to who will be greatest, right? They were like fighting, who will be greatest? Am I Lord? No doubt this was the context of Jesus washing their feet. The kings of the, king of, uh, kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one is the one, the one who serves. Luke 22, 24, and 27. If you serve well your family, especially your wife... She will feed you well. I don't know if you see me. <laughs> it's not that I'm serving her well. I actually am shortfall. I am also a shortfall. This is a lesson for me too. But she feeds me well. And my kids. They cannot be stopped. But that's how it works. Um, the closest 
way to a man's heart is to the stomach. That's what I know. So, women really take care of men, but the man should take care of women. Treat her like a queen in your house. Uh, send her to a spa. Massage. You know that women, when they're mad, what do they do? Chop. But there's one thing that women do for sure. Either they color their hair, they cut their hair, always the hair, or a pedicure and a manicure. Oh, pedicure and a manicure. That's always the case. Men, when they're mad, they go to the bar at times, you know, whatever they do. They want to talk to a man-to-man thing, but they don't change their faces. Women, they're mad. You will see it with men. When they come back, they're the beautiful person in the world because they're mad. So don't be surprised. But there is a problem with that because that means we're not doing our jobs. What it means to be head is as a head that we are the source of energy for the wife or for women. We are the provider for the family. We are the sustainer. We are the source of unity in the house. We are the source of growth in the house or in the home. I know a big complaint for men is that, especially if they have kids, um, men are the playmates for their children. And the mothers or the the women are the the disciplinarian for the children. That's why they do not understand each other. Because the husband or the father would come home and they just want to play with their kids. But the mom, here we go. Everything is supposed to be in place. But that's but natural. Why don't you invite your wife to play also with the kids? The same thing to discipline the kids. But that's the nature of who, what a, a man and a woman is. It just need to be compensated with each other. Serving the imperfect wife. You know that we have imperfect wives? The same thing as, as being imperfect too. When we become impatient with our wives, our love needs growing. When our wives make mistakes and show their human imperfections, we must love them as Christ loves us imperfect humans and bears with our weaknesses. How much can we put up with husbands? Our standard is Christ's love. Love for sinful humanity. As his patient, costly, sacrificial quest finally is bringing about a beautiful, radiant bride that has been cleansed and is whole. Our imperfection now is actually being prepared slowly to become perfect bride, a, a, a perfect husband to a bride. 
and that is Christ. We should not imagine that our love for our wives will require less. Now, I, I know some in some situation wherein abuse is involved, that is a different story. And seriously, when there is abuse, either from the man's side or the women's side, that has to be stopped. That has to be counseled. That has to be treated in a different way. The um, you know shortfall or shortcoming of, an, of two couples that are minor, you know, uh, just because the you know the husband did not take the, the garbage out or the cooking was really burnt or something like that. The, those are minor. But for a beaten wife. A wife that becomes a punching bag every night. And a husband, that, a wife also that kind of having a knife and scratches the husband all the time. That is a different story. There's a church near our house. And I know sometimes the sensitivity of talking about separation or divorce uh, especially in the way God stated in the scripture that he hates divorce. But if a wife is in danger of being killed by an abusive husband, I think that would be the ultimate solution. We do have a church in, in, um, near our house in the West Island, and we, we had that news, particular news, wherein uh, a woman died. Because he was, she was bitten by a husband. It was in the news, I don't know how many years ago. And they go to that church. And from my understanding, they already separated. And they, until one point, at one point, were in the husband visited the wife um, in the house because of there's a, a, a child involved. And he, she was bitten again. And sad to say, she passed away. The church was unable to do anything at all. In, in, it's hard to say because they, you know, we keep it to ourselves. Whatever is going in our house, in our home, with our relationship, we keep it to ourselves. But if something is happening like this and you know somebody doing this to another person, reach out to save a life. Because that is not normal. We, were, we are created by God to be respected. We believe that our bodies is what? This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if that temple is destroyed, then where will the Holy Spirit be? So this, that is a different story. That is a different um, uh, level, and we should not uh, uh, endorse that. My daughter's question really is about um, how come, you know, in, 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 in with the women's um, function in the Bible, it's kind of like, it looks like less. Again, as I said, it is not. The relationship of what we're talking about to the word of God is this. 
if a man's responsibility, a husband who's supposed to be the head of the home, he does not do it properly and leaves the home, will the word of God continue in that home? Yes, because the wife can take over. That is the role of women. Is to take over wherein the women or the men left it out because they're just being selfish. The role of women in the church, in a society, in, in, in a home, in the micro level of a home, if the husband does not take that lead of studying the word for the children, the wife can start that and can move on. I got this magazine on outside. It's about women in mission. Honestly, women in mission. If we are really active men, we should be leading this mission and be in the middle of the field, facing all the dangers, spreading the gospel. Not women by themselves. But this, is, this amazes me. Will the word of God stop because the men cannot do missions? No, because this is a magazine that proves it all, that women go in the field with their lives in danger. It could be an abuse by the system, whatever system of government there is, but they continue on doing the mission to spread the word. Um, there's one here wherein she balances her being a mom and being a missionary. The juggle of being a mom and a mission worker. And look at that. A picture wherein she takes care of her children, but at the same time, she is a missionary. That's how strong she is. And actually, that's, that's how strong women are. You just don't see it. But that's the truth. Without men and without women, there won't be any relationship. Without man and only women, it would be a weak point in a sense, but it does not stop the word of God. The same thing in vice versa. Without the women and there's a man, the word of God continues. The word of God continues. We wither, we die, we, we, you know, we become like a grass and then suddenly we're dried up and that's it. But the word of God continues. My daughter's question was very legit. And actually it was concerning because when I saw her, um, or actually the question was asked by my wife and she just passed along to me uh, about that question was a concern because Maybe, just maybe, she wanted to be a missionary. I don't know what's in her heart. But she was questioning that. Maybe she, want to, she wanted to step up. But because of those words in the scripture, it's kind of drawing her back, saying, oh, what, women cannot speak? There's a scripture that tells us that. Women, women do not speak, right? It's like, it's impossible. It is impossible. Can you stop women from talking? I don't think so. 
That's the reality of life. Let them speak out. Okay? But I hopefully that speaking out would be with sense. Okay? Because sometimes they just really talk, talk. We listen. But, okay. God's response. In James... Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and does not do it is a sin. If we don't take care of our partners or respect women, vice versa with women to man, we know that. We should do it. But if we don't do it, then it becomes a sin. Next, Proverbs. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to Him. A haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil. I like it when, the, when, you know, when it's written, um, uh, hands that shed innocent blood. You know how innocent our children is between when, when, when a couple fights with each other? They're very innocent. No matter how old they are, they're still innocent. They sometimes would just go to their bedroom and not want to listen. And that is, that is something that we need to look into. Verse 19 the last one, a false witness who pours out lies and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. These are the seven things that God really, really doesn't want us to do, men and women alike. God's response, Proverbs 2, 1 to 5. My son, if you accept my words and store up commands within you, like the word of a command about husband and wives, Turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart for under, to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for for understanding, four and five, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge to God. Following, obedience, submission to God before submission to man. That's what it is. If you submit, husband, submit to the Lord, definitely your wife, your partner, or women will submit to you. Because they see that there is Christ in you. And that is the condition. Romans 13.1 This is something. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. To the governing authorities. What are the governing authorities? At home you have some sort of a governance that you need to follow. Right? The discipline to the children, the roles of the husband and the wife. The husband should be the provider. That's the governing things that we need to follow and to do. If we have a husband or a partner in life that's so lazy that he doesn't want to work, how can you respect that person? The same thing with the wife. 
For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Family has been, as, as, a, as a core in the society, was established by God, not by the government. It was originally established by God. Adam and Eve, plus their children, is the start of a family that was established by God. Another response, 1 Peter 4.8. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Isn't it nice to hear? The only solution to all of this is to love each other. Our Lord is basically a Lord of um, sacrifice. A Lord of servanthood. A Lord of um, forgiveness. A Lord of submission. He submitted to the Father. Our Lord Jesus Christ submitted to the Father to the dying on the cross to save us. And there's nothing else that we can beat that particular submission. It's, it's different. If we put ourselves into his feet and you were asked to be submitted and to go through that submission to the dying on the cross... Will you say yes right away? Maybe you'll say, you know what, I need to go first to the Korean barbecue restaurant and before I submit myself to that one and feast and feed myself. It's all conditional. But Christ did not have any condition but to follow. He asked. But at the end, he said, no, I have to do this because... He loves us. Am I to submit to my husband if he is selfish, Claude, who does not care for me? Can you submit to a selfish man because you trust him? How can I love my wife and care for her when she's bossy and arrogant? It's hard to understand sometimes the scripture, but we are given a choice. And it's for us to be blessed, um, for us to be um, protected by the word of God in a sense. Read through the scripture. Pray. Have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. 
if you need somebody to talk to, talk to somebody that you trust and say, will I follow my wife or will I follow my husband? Speak to the Lord. There is a prayer here that uh, I've read and then we close. It says, Father, we fall so short of this ideal of Christian marriage. Please help us to develop a heart of love so that this can work in our lives and in our marriages. Teach us to submit. Submission for us is a lesson. It is a lesson. We need to be taught. It's not automatic. Okay? If we become automatic in submission, then we become like robots. That's not real submission. Teach us to submit. Teach us to give ourselves sacrificially. And forgive us, forgive us when we fail. In Jesus' name we pray. For the benediction, in Ephesians 5, 1 to 2, and also 6, Ephesians 23 to 24. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice of, to God. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And God people say, Amen. Amen.